Abuse and Infidelity University of Chicago sociologist Linda Waite found that 16% of cohabiting women reported that arguments with their partners became physical during the past year, while only 5% of married women had similar experiences. Most cohabiting couples have a faithful relationship, but weight surveys also demonstrated that 20% of cohabiting women reported having secondary sex partners, compared to only 4% of married women. According to an article by Judith Treas and Deirdre Giesen, cohabiting couples are twice as likely to experience infidelity within the relationship than married couples. Fertility. Regarding cohabitation as a fertility factor, a large survey in the United States came to the result that married women had an average of 1.9 children, compared to 1.3 among those cohabiting. The corresponding numbers for men were 1.7 and 1.1, respectively. The difference of 0.6 children for both sexes was expected to decrease to between 0.2 and 0.3 over the lifetime when correcting for the confounder that married people have their children earlier in life. A study of the United States and multiple countries in Europe came to the result that women who continue to cohabit after birth have significantly lower probability of having a second child than married women in all countries except those in Eastern Europe. Another study, on the contrary, came to the result that cohabiting couples in France have equal fertility as married ones. Also, Russians have a higher fertility within cohabitation, while Romanians rather tend to have childless marriages. Survey data from 2003 in Romania came to the result that marriage equalized the total fertility rate among both highly educated and low-educated people to approximately 1.4. Among those cohabiting, on the other hand, a lower level of education increased fertility rate to 1.7, and a higher level of education decreased it to 0.7. On the other hand, another study came to the result that Romanian women with little education have about equal fertility in marital and cohabiting partnerships. Financial effects. In the United States, married couples that submit a combined tax return may face a marriage penalty, where tax credits for low income single earners are not applied to the combined income. In October 1998, Senate GOP leader Trent Lott decided to pull a bill to abolish the marriage penalty, which in the tax code reflects the fact that married couples who both work for wages frequently pay more in taxes than if they earned the same amount of income but weren't married. And the more equal the incomes of the couple, the steeper the marriage tax penalty. The Earned Income Tax Credit, EITC, is cash welfare for low-income workers, but the problem is the ache is not for married couples because they have to combine their wages, which again leads to the marriage penalty. If couples do not get married then their wages do not have to combine and the ache in a way is paying for low-income couples not to marry. Opponents of cohabitation believe that some cohabiting couples choose not to marry because they would suffer a tax penalty. Despite the perceived disincentive to marry that the ache provides, cohabiting couples suffer many financial losses as their unions are not recognized with the same legal and financial benefits as those who are legally married. These financial penalties can include the costs of separate insurance policies and the costs of setting up legal protections similar to those that are automatically granted by the state upon marriage. No effect. A conflicting study, published by the National Center for Health Statistics, with a sample of 12,571 people, concludes that those who live together after making plans to marry or getting engaged have about the same chances of divorcing as couples who never cohabited before marriage. Additionally, William Doherty, a professor in the Department of Family Social Science at the University of Minnesota has remarked that in his research he has found that committed cohabiting relationships seem to confer many of the benefits of marriage. 
A 2003 study by the Australian Institute of Family Studies found that the differences in measured outcomes for those from direct and indirect marriages appear to be entirely attributable to other factors. The study concluded that the evidence suggests that premarital cohabitation has little impact one way or the other on the chances of any subsequent marriage surviving. By region. Americas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. United States. Cohabitation in the United States became common in the late 20th century. As of 2005, 4.85 million unmarried couples were living together, and as of 2002, about half of all women aged 15 to 44 had lived unmarried with a partner. In 2007, it is estimated that 6.4 million households were maintained by two opposite-sex persons who said they were unmarried. In 2012, the General Social Survey found that public disapproval of cohabitation had dropped to 20% of the population. Researchers at the National Center for Family and Marriage Research estimated in 2011 that 66% of first marriages are entered after a period of cohabitation. According to the 2009 American Community Survey conducted by the Census Bureau, the proportion of 30 to 44-year-olds living together has almost doubled since 1999, from 4% to 7%. 58% of women aged 19 to 44 had ever cohabited in data collected in 2608 while in 1987 only 33% had. Cohabitation is more prevalent among those with less education. Among women ages 19 to 44, 73% of those without a high school education have ever cohabited, compared with about half of women with some college, 52%, or a college degree, 47%, note the Pew Studies authors, Richard Fry and Vera Cohn. Before the mid-20th century, Laws against cohabitation, fornication, adultery and other such behaviors were common in the U.S., especially in southern and northeastern states, but these laws have been gradually abolished or struck down by courts as unconstitutional. Cohabitation was almost impossible in the United States prior to the 1960s. Laws prevented unmarried couples from registering in hotels and it was very difficult for an unmarried couple to obtain a home mortgage. From 1960 to 1998, Cohabitation moved from disreputable and difficult to normal and convenient. The first measured century, social disruptions. PBS. As of April 2016, cohabitation of unmarried couples remains illegal in three states, Mississippi, Michigan, and North Carolina, while as of 2020 fornication remains illegal in two states, Idaho and Mississippi. These laws are almost never enforced and are now believed to be unconstitutional since the legal decision Lawrence for example Texas in 2003. However, these laws may have indirect effects. For example, 
One consequence may be that one may not claim their partner as a dependent, for a tax exemption, whereas in the other states it may be possible to do so after meeting four criteria, residency, income, support and status. In 2006, in North Carolina, Pender County Superior Court Judge Benjamin G. Alford ruled that North Carolina's cohabitation law is unconstitutional. However, the Supreme Court of North Carolina has never had the opportunity to rule on it, so the law's statewide constitutionality remains unclear. On December 13, 2013, U.S. Federal Judge Clark Wadupes ruled in Brown for example Booman that the portions of Utah's anti-polygamy laws which prohibit multiple cohabitation were unconstitutional, but also allowed Utah to maintain its ban on multiple marriage licenses. This decision was overturned by the United States Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit, thus effectively recriminalizing polygamy as a felony. In 2020, Utah voted to downgrade polygamy from a felony to an infraction, but it remains a felony of force threats or other abuses are involved. Unlawful cohabitation, where prosecutors did not need to prove that a marriage ceremony had taken place, only that a couple had lived together, had been a major tool used to prosecute polygamy in Utah since the 1882 Edmonds Act. Canada. Canadian laws on the recognition of unmarried cohabitation for legal purposes vary significantly by province or territory, and in addition to this, federal regulations also have an impact across the country. Family formation has undergone significant changes in Canada during the last decades of the 20th century, but the patterns vary widely across the country, suggesting differing cultural norms in different regions. From 1995, births to cohabiting parents have increased, particularly in Quebec. In Canada, it is difficult to obtain exact data on the percentage of births outside marriage, because data on the marital status of mothers is collected differently across the provinces and territories of Canada and in some, such as Alberta, it is not broken down in detail in regard to whether the mother was legally married or not at the birth of her child. As of 2012, the statistical category of single mothers, defined as never married at the time of the birth, encompassed 28.3% of mothers, the category divorced, for example mothers who were unmarried at the time of birth, but had been previously married during their lives, encompassed 1%, while for 10% of mothers the marital status was unknown, not stated. There are, however, very significant differences by province or territory, for example in 2012, 77.8% of births in Nunavut were listed to single mothers, by contrast, less than 20% of mothers in Ontario were listed in this category. Latest data from the Quebec Statistical Institute shows that as of 2015, in Quebec, 63% of children were born to unmarried women. In Canada, Legal issues regarding cohabitation are very complicated by the fact that family law in this regard differs by province or territory, which is very confusing to the public, especially as this contrasts to criminal law which is the same across Canada, as well as to marriage and divorce law, which is also the same across the country. Under the 1986 Divorce Act, Canada, although provinces or territories have jurisdiction over some marital issues, including the solemnization of marriage, spousal and child support, and property division. The marital status of Canadians also varies by province or territory. In 2011, 46.4% of the population aged 15 and over was legally married, ranging from the lowest percentage of married people being in Nunavut, 29.7%, Northwest Territories, 35.0%, Quebec, 35.4%, and Yukon, 37.6%, to highest being in Newfoundland and Labrador. 52.9%, Prince Edward Island, 
50.7%, Ontario, 50.3%, and Alberta, 50.2%. While today Quebec is known for liberal family formation and cohabitation, this is a recent development. During the first half of the 20th century, family life in the province was conservative and strongly dominated by Roman Catholicism. Before 1968, there was no provincial divorce legislation in Quebec, and spouses could only end their marriage if they obtained a private act of parliament. One of the explanations of the current high rates of cohabitation in Quebec is that the traditionally strong social control of the church and the Catholic doctrine over people's private relations and sexual morality has led the population to rebel against traditional and conservative social values. While some provinces were early to modernize family law, in others this only happened in the 1990s and the 21st century, such as in Alberta, through the Family Law Act, Alberta, which came into force in 2005. This act overhauled family legislation, replacing the Domestic Relations Act, the Maintenance Order Act, the Parentage and Maintenance Act, and parts of the Provincial Court Act and the Child, Youth and Family Enhancement Act, which were seen as outdated. Also, the Adult Interdependent Relationships Act, SA 2002, c. A4.5, amended 69 Alberta laws. The Canadian prairies provinces of Manitoba and Saskatchewan have strong common law spouses regulations, imposing rights and obligations on common law couples. Nova Scotia has also been very slow to advance family law, it was only in 1999 that this province abolished discrimination against illegitimate children with regard to inheritance, through Section 16 of NS Intestate Succession Act amended in 1999. In general, today, provinces in Western Canada give more rights to common-law spouses than those in Atlantic Canada and in Quebec. This may seem quite paradoxical, because it is the eastern provinces which have the strongest tradition of cohabitation, According to a study unmarried cohabitation seems to be more common in eastern Canada than in western Canada, which might be related to internal and international migration. As of 2012, 48% of births in New Brunswick, 47.1% in Newfoundland and Labrador, and 45.2% in Nova Scotia, were listed to single mothers, way above the national average. In British Columbia, the Family Law Act came into force in 2013. Europe in the European Union, cohabitation is very common. In 2014, 42% of all births in the 28 EU countries were non-marital. In the following European countries the majority of births occur outside marriage, Iceland, 69.9% in 2016, France, 59.7% in 2016, Bulgaria, 58.6% in 2016, Slovenia, 58.6% in 2016, Norway, 56.2% in 2016, Estonia, 56.1% in 2016, Sweden, 54.9% in 2016, Denmark, 54% in 2016, Portugal, 52.8% in 2016, and the Netherlands, 50.4% in 2016. While couples of all ages cohabit, the phenomenon is much more common among younger people. In late 2005, 21% of families in Finland consisted of cohabiting couples, all age groups. Of couples with children, 18% were cohabiting. Of ages 18 and above in 2003, 13.4% were cohabiting. Generally, cohabitation amongst Finns is most common for people under 30. Legal obstacles for cohabitation were removed in 1926 in a reform of the criminal code, while the phenomenon was socially accepted much later on. In France, 
17.5% of couples were cohabiting as of 1999. Britain. In Britain today, nearly half of babies are born to people who are not married, in the United Kingdom 47.3% in 2011, in Scotland in 2012 the proportion was 51.3%. It is estimated that by 2016, the majority of births in the UK will be to unmarried parents. The Victorian era of the late 19th century is famous for the Victorian standards of personal morality. Historians generally agree that the middle classes held high personal moral standards and rejected cohabitation. They have debated whether the working classes followed suit. Moralists in the late 19th century such as Henry Mayhew decried high levels of cohabitation without marriage and illegitimate births in London slums. However new research using computerized matching of data files shows that the rates of cohabitation were quite low, under 5%, for the working class and the urban poor. Falling marriage rates and increased births outside marriage have become a political issue, with questions of whether the government should promote marriage or focus on the status of a parent rather than a spouse, the Conservative Party support the former whilst Labour Party and the Liberal Democrats support the latter. There are also differences between England and Wales and Scotland, with the latter being more accepting of cohabitation.